This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Back in the saddle, ready to roll with you. Finally over the laryngitis, at least I think so. We'll see over the next four hours. Can we get through it? We'll find out together. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. You can find me on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. You can find me on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. You can find me on TikTok, at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio until 7 o'clock tonight, Islander pregame then. And man, oh man, do we have enough to talk about. I mean, you know where we have to start. You know where we have to start with all due respect to the football teams who have done a sensational job so far, the Giants sitting at 4-1, and one, the Jets with, you'd have to say, their biggest game in a very long time this Sunday. Now, it's not like they have a whole long list of other candidates in that category, but you know what I'm saying. The Knicks season's right around the corner. The Rangers flying high. Week 6 in the NFL. Matchup of the year. The Bills and the Chiefs. All so much to do. And we will get to it all over the next four hours. But obviously where we have to spend our focus, at least to start, is where on this show we spend a a good amount of time every Saturday afternoon, and that is with the Yankees. There is no team that provides more content in this town than the Yankees. When it's good, when it's bad. And you think that, you know, yesterday afternoon, sitting around, everybody's watching game two or, you know, focused on the Yankee playoff run. You think that what everybody's going through, what you think with sports is that it's like this shared experience. Even though we're not doing it all in the same place, we're all doing it together. And the Yankees go out and lose game two to the Guardians, game two to the Guardians yesterday for two and ten innings. And you figure, well, yes, we're all watching it in different places, But the story of the game is obvious. It's as plain as the nose on your face. It's clear what the problem was for the Yankees yesterday. But with the Yankees, I don't know what it is about them. Maybe it's the amount of time that we focus on them. But when it's bad with the Yankees, it's worse. Worse than what? Worse than anything that has ever existed in the history of the planet. If the Yankees lose a big game, it's not just they lost. It's not just the other team was better. It's that they're idiots, and they did this wrong, and they did that wrong. It's everything. It's from soup to nuts, from top to bottom, and everywhere in between. And yesterday, we get through that game, and I figure, all right, well, you know, it's obvious what the story of the game was yesterday. Obvious what the problem was yesterday. And then I'm listening to the K show. I'm listening to other shows. I'm listening to Anita. I'm listening to Dave this morning. And I'm hearing about Aaron Boone. And I'm hearing about Jameson Tyone. And I'm hearing about Aaron Judge batting leadoff. And I'm hearing about Aaron Judge getting booed. And I'm hearing about pitching changes and pinch hitting Matt Carpenter. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell is everyone talking about? Is this a plot to get me to get the laryngitis back by screaming at the radio? Because that's what it feels like. What the hell are people talking about? It could not be any more clear what the problem for the Yankees was yesterday. And it's not exclusive to yesterday. The Yankees lost because they didn't score. Full stop. End of analysis. 
It doesn't go any deep. Look, I'm a talk show host. I'm a sports fan. I like to find the hidden gems, right? Hey, did you see this little play in the sixth inning and this thing happened? Then There's no hidden gems. There's no gems. The Yankees went two for five in the first inning. And in the other nine innings, went four for 31. They left them 11 men on base, went 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position, and they scored two runs. Two runs. That was the problem. I went back and did the math. And again, anytime you're relying on my math, I agree it's a little shaky sometimes. But I think the overall point will still ring. I went through the season when scoring two runs or fewer, the Yankees this season are 13 and 39. 13 and 39. It's not, not a high success rate, right? Even with their pitching being as good as it is, even with the bullpen being as good as it was earlier in the season, 13 and 39. But you get done with these games, and because when the Yankees lose, oh, I got every, everybody's mad about everything. Oh, what about Aaron, oh, Aaron Boone? Aaron Boone. What about Aaron Boone? What would you have Aaron Boone do yesterday? Now, I'm not saying that I loved every single solitary, but that's not why they lost the game. Well, why is he bringing Jamison Tyone into the game? He's never pitched in relief before. Well, what, what, what are the other options? Like, do people watch the games, or do they just wait for the results so they just can be mad, yell at the sky? Yes, Jamison Tyone had never pitched in relief before. Clark Schmidt has never pitched in the postseason before. Tyone did his job. He gave up two bloops, and that was the ultimate case of sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right? That's why baseball's a weird game. And yesterday, the Guardians were, a li- were lucky with the, the two bloop hits they got and got helped out because Josh Donaldson's throwing the ball all over the ballpark. So going to Jamison Tyone is not the reason why the Yankees lost the game. The Yankees scored two runs. If the Yankees score two runs more times than not, they will lose. I think by the math, right, 13, 39, basically 75% of the time, they're going to lose. So it's not that they strike out too much. It's that they don't score runs in October. And man, like, this is not new. We, this is like an October tradition at this point. As much as being forced to go apple picking with your girlfriend, or, you know, your wife raving about the pumpkin spice lattes. and I mean, every year. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. The offense has to be better. And look, the Indians pitching is good. The Indians bullpen is excellent. This is not exclusive to this series. And if it were, maybe it might. I, I, it still wouldn't because when the Yankees lose, again, everything is garbage. and it, they lose. You would think that they've lost every single game that they've played. And you would think that this series is already over. They lost one playoff game in extra innings, 4-2 on two blue pits. And you would think, the season's done. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> you know what, Indians? You just take it from here. We're, you know, we're not even going to Cleveland. We're just, we'll just stay here. It's obviously done. But that has been the story every year for the last five years. The offense in October does not fire. For all the talk that gets thrown around time and time and time about starting pitching and bullpen and strikeouts and defense and Boone and and Stanton and home run or bust or uh, analytics or station to station, 
It's the offense. They did not score runs yesterday. They do not score consistently in the postseason. That has been the problem for the last five years, and it was again yesterday. It's not the Da Vinci Code. You don't have to. It's not like something you got to crack. Oh, we're going to have to run these numbers, figure out what this means. It's the offense. It's the offense. And it's pretty clear with this Yankee offense, they are going to need, and this is not really much of a shock again, but maybe it needs to be said because, like, nobody else is getting the, the as clear as day message of yesterday and the last five years of the Yankees' postseasons. They're, they're, the way they're built this year, they're going to need Aaron Judge to do something. <laughs> going 0 for 8 with seven strikeouts is not going to get the job done, right? Take a look. Far better and more talented Yankee offenses have come up lame in October than this Yankee offense. This Yankee offense, even at its best, ain't great. So they're going to need him to do something far more than he has done so far. And again, I don't know. Maybe people just don't watch baseball. Going 0 for 8 in two games is not really that, like, shocking. You can have two bad games. Like the two guys who are almost certainly going to win the MVPs in both leagues this year, in Goldschmidt and Judge, I believe combined are like 0 for 16 in the postseason this year. Do not have a hit. Jose Altuve, I do not believe, has a hit in the Astros series against the Mariners. Short sample size. That's what makes the baseball playoffs as unpredictable as it is. Unfortunately, with the unpredictability of the baseball playoffs, for some reason, the Yankees still can't score any runs. So for everyone who's screaming about at least like focus your I love rage. But you have to at least focus your rage and what like just don't go start like, you know, everything is is the problem. It's pretty clear what the problem was yesterday. It's the offense. And unless the Yankees go out there and score some runs tonight, if they go out there and score one run, they're probably going to lose. If they go out there and score two runs, they're pro- the way they are built, they have to be able to score runs. And it's not about being home run or bust. If you've seen anything in this year's playoffs, if you've watched a game in this year's playoffs, I never want to hear again from people who tell me, well, you know, you're not going to be able to hit these po- home runs in the postseason. That's all everybody does. That's the only way people score runs is to hit home runs in the post. Not the Indians yesterday. I grant you that. They were able to figure out a way to score a couple of runs in the 10th inning without hitting home run. But yes, you absolutely have to hit home runs in the postseason. And if the Yankees don't, they will lose and the season will be over. And it seems like a good portion of the fan base will be happy because then they can yell about everything. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll get some of your phone calls involved. Uh, I would like to get into this idea Suddenly, Aaron Judge shouldn't be batting leadoff. Have you heard this? Apparently, yesterday was the first time he's ever batted leadoff before. And it didn't go well. And it hasn't gone well in the series for Judge, at least so far. So clearly, that's the problem. So we'll get into uh, the Alex Rodriguez comments about that. It's really gotten this focused. And, And look... I mean, you're talking about creating content. That is certainly one that a lot of people have rallied to the, to the cause of. So we'll get into whether or not that's right or wrong. And then uh, we'll get into a lot of Yankee issues because right now they've got some. 
including the fact that come October, they don't score runs. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Critical game three tonight. I always feel like in a, a five-game series, game two, that's, that's the game, right? Like, if you got game one, if you win game two, well, then you're one win away from moving on. And if you lose game two, then all of a sudden it's a brand new series. The Yankees lose game two, and uh, it's a brand new series, and one that it's kind of a little difficult to feel great about. There's one thing that I like about the Yankees going into tonight, and there's one thing that I'm not so uh, fond of. And uh, the thing that I like is when it comes to confidence in the Yankees, when there is none, that's when things, it almost feels like the opposite of whatever the, 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 the narrative is, right? Like when there's optimism, they win game one. And what's the conversation? It's not about like, what are they going to do in game two? Or no, it's, it immediately goes to, well, when they face the Astros and the ALC, like, whoa, 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 whoa. The Astros, the ALC, we won one game. You won one game. And if you lose game two, you're not going to feel nearly as good about the ALC. Why are you, why are you focusing on the ALCS when you, you won one game? And, and sure enough, look at that. So the fact that they, they lost yesterday, I don't like the fact that they lost, but when it's doom and gloom and all hope seems lost, they've generally responded. Like they had that August that was, a, what was it, like the worst August since Stump Merrill. And if they were to win today, you feel like whoever wins game three is probably going to win the series especially since in game four you have Cole, which you feel good about, and then game five would be, if there is a game five, would be uh, back at the stadium. So uh, it's the playoffs. They were going to lose a game at some point, and they're, sure enough, it, it can, if you allow it to sit out there by not scoring any runs after the first inning, look at that. Look at what happened. Now, the thing I don't feel great about, I hope I'm wrong, Luis Severino has not exactly been a great does not exactly have a great postseason resume. And, you know, right now the focus is on the offense. He has to have a start tonight. He might have to have his best postseason start tonight to kind of save the season. So he has to be good enough to make it about the offense, right? Like last year in the wild card game, it couldn't really be about the offense because, you know, Cole went out there and was terrible right from the jump. So they have to, he has to be good enough tonight to get you into the fifth, sixth inning. He's not gone deep in playoff games. He has, to, he has to be better than that tonight. He's got to give the offense long enough to get moving here because the offense is the issue. For all the talk about starting pitching over the years or bullpen or strikeouts or analytics or home run, or bu- it's, it's all nonsense. It's about the offense full stop. All right, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go out to uh, Derek is in Yonkers. Derek, you're first up on ESPN New York. All right, Gordon. Thank you for taking my call. First up, huh? There you go, my man. So, what you got? Uh, right. I've called you before about this. I've been consistent. Whether the Yankees have been good or bad, the issue with this team is not the offense. It's not whatever. It's Brian Cashman. And as long as this man is the general manager, this team will never win a championship. I mean, he's good at building regular season, you know, good teams. He has a high payroll, so he should be. But he, he cannot build a World Series contender. And I'm not talking about we, have to, we don't have to win every year, but we should make a deep run every year. And um, we don't do that. And everybody knew from the beginning, this team is not built for a deep run. And they're going to lose. Like, Sever- this, game, this is the pivotal game tonight. If Severino loses, which I think he will, Cole is going to uh, fold tomorrow. And that's Cassius, $324 million man. Now, 
The issue is, what do we do? We're, like, we're stuck with this, with this guy. Steinbrenner is, like, reluctant to pull the trigger on this guy. And Kastner seems so smug. I think he knows he's never going to lose his job, so he's complacent. He seems so smug. He thinks he's so smart, and he's not. I don't know if he has some information on someone or on the media or Steinbrenner, but this guy is not that good. I don't get the fascination. This team was never going to win a World Series. They didn't have the pitching. I can go on and on. He's made a bunch of bonehead moves, but he is the issue. But the problem is, what do we do about it? And Steinbrenner will never get rid of the man, so like we're stuck. So they're a fun team. They'll win a bunch of games every year, but this team, will, as long as he's in charge, the team will never win a championship. Well, look, Derry, I mean, you said a lot there. Thanks for the phone call. Um, look, at the end of the day, if the Yankees fail, it's a failure of Brian Cashman. He, he has, I mean, it's his team. He's picked every player on the team. He's given a big budget. He's given, you know, I mean, they don't have the highest payroll, but still one of the top two or three payrolls. Uh, all the moves are his, so, so absolutely. Uh, the, whatever failures come are going to be at the feet of Brian Cashman. Now, I will say this, and this is not going to be very popular to say, what the playoffs teach you every single year is you really can't build a team for the playoffs per se. What you do is all these teams, Dodgers, Astros, um, Braves, Mets th- this year, you build the team to have success and make sure you get into the playoffs and then you hope the things break right. And, and take a look at these playoffs right now. You know, if things hold right now. The Braves are going to be ousted by the Phillies. Phillies were the third place team in the NL East all season long. Um, It almost seemed like they were actively trying to give away a playoff spot here in the last couple of weeks of the regular season, and yet now very well might be moving on to the playoffs and ousting the Braves in the process. So it's very difficult to build a team for the postseason. There's no... I'll say this, it, it, there's no foolproof way to say this is, this is what you must do to build a team for the postseason. Because take a look at the most successful teams. Who would you say are the most successful teams? Well, you'd have to say in the American League, it's the Astros, right? In the ALCS every single season. And in the National League, you'd have to say the Dodgers. So, okay, what success have they had if they, if they know the plan? If they're the, one, if they're the role models of postseason success, Okay, what, what are the pelts on the wall? Well, the Dodgers have, what, one World Series title in like 35 years, and it came in a 2020 shortened season where it was 60 regular season games. And the Astros, they won one World Series, and they did it when they were cheating. So, uh, look, you're right. And, it, see, and that's the thing with Cashman is, is that the Yankees now, the, the days of like the chase for 28 – that chase is, is much more like when you chase after a toddler and you're, oh, you're beating me. You know, like it's not, it's, it's pretty clear that their goal is just to have six, uh, continued success in the regular season, sell a lot of tickets, make the postseason, and then hope one year you get lucky. Hope one year you get lucky. And, and look, I said about, was it, a, it had to be more than a month ago now. It's probably about six weeks ago now. Uh, on the show on Saturday that uh, I did not have a lot of optimism when it came to this year's postseason. You know, with the the October that they had and then the September that they had, I just took a look at it and I said, you know what, Uh, it's not, this is not a team that to me is going to get hot and all of a sudden, you know, catch fire. You hope that that you're wrong because it's, it, it is unpredictable and it only takes a game or two to, to feel a whole lot differently about, but it never felt like this was the team that was going to be the one to, to get deep. Now, I think that they should get deeper than this. A failure here against the, the Cleveland Guardians is, is almost in some ways, you'd have to say, kind of a worse failure than last year.
Last year, at least, it was a one-game playoff. Win, you go, move on. Lose, you go home. One game. If you end up losing this series, I mean, it's a series, right? It's not just one game. So, yeah, in that way, it would be a, a bigger failure. But it's clear that, the you know, like Cashman, it doesn't seem like it's under, under any heat, which makes you think that ownership clearly is uh, in favor of what he has done so far, which over the last five years has not – if I had told you five years ago when the Yankees got to the one game of the ALC – to the World Series and the ALCS against the, uh, the Astros – that in five years you'll never get as close as that, even though you've been in the playoffs. There's no other way that you could make it and that it would be a failure. So uh, it, it doesn't seem like the Yankees view it that way. And I'm sure this year, I mean, the, the excuses are built in, right? What do you think the excuse will be? Well, the, the, it's true the playoffs are unpredictable, and it's true the Yankees have had a lot of injuries. So they, I'm sure that that will be the way they chalk it up. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon, just between me and you, can I come out of the bomb shelter yet? Well, how, how, what, in regards to the Yankees? Yeah. Am I, am I safe to no, put no, 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 no. Lose tonight. You're going to be in there for a You're going to have like, uh, you're going to come out of there with one of those ZZ Top beards, you know? I mean, you're going to be in there a very <laughs> long time before you, you avoid uh, what, it. What, what? Uh-oh. The, the, the bomb shelter. <laughs> what happened to poor Spike? Oh, all right, Spike, give us a call back. I thought it was the bomb shelter. You know, sometimes you forget to, to pay the bills in that bomb shelter. You know, they cut that phone right off. Uh, Steve is a, is, is a new something. I'm not sure where Steve is. Steve, you're next up on the Gordon Gamer Show. Hey, Gordon. Hey, Steve. Um, I was just calling. I've been listen, had the fortune of listening to your station for a lot of the day, and I've been hearing a lot of calls about people wanting to move Judge from the leadoff spot, and he needs people to set the table for him and protection in the lineup. Basically what it comes down to is it sounds like people are frustrated that the Yankees have a lot of guys who hit home runs or don't. And and to them, what I would say is as a Met fan who just watched my team have 11 hits and score two runs off of it, it doesn't matter what style you play, right? Like it just comes down to executing your style. And if you're not going to execute your style, the other style is going to look a lot better. Um, so I would just say to all Yankees fans who are complaining about the style of baseball you're playing, you wouldn't be complaining if you were executing. Just like if you played small ball and weren't executing, you'd be complaining you wish you had guys who hit home runs. So I'll just leave it with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it always I, I looks better when, when you're winning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's true. I, no, I do think that there are some, some um, strategies that are more effective. And, and I, again, I never want to hear ever again that you can't hit home runs in October. Oh, the pitching's too good. You can't, like, have you watched the postseason this year? That's all. I mean, it's like home run derby. That's all that ends up happening. So, yes, no, you have to be able and, – and, and great. Look, good for the Guardians yesterday. They were able to scratch across a couple of runs the way they did. That's not really a sustainable plan, like, you know, getting completely fooled on a pitch and just happening to, to place it in the perfect spot and then having a fielder who's out there primarily for his defense throw it away, allow the runner to get the third – and if, if, if Donaldson, even if that bloop falls in, if Donaldson doesn't throw the ball away, that inning probably plays out completely differently because then the little, uh, the second bloop, the, the defense, the, you know, the, uh, the, the defense might not have been in so far and they might've been able to, uh, the whole inning plays out differently. Let's put it that way. The whole d- inning plays out differently. So um, yeah. And this idea, again, perfect example of when the Yankees lose, it's not just bad, it's worse. Everything is now 
somehow open to criticism. And that's one that has gotten certainly plenty of criticism here in the last 24 hours of Aaron Judge batting leadoff and the comments by Alex Rodriguez. We'll let you hear what Alex Rodriguez said about Judge batting leadoff and whether or not it stands up, even from the great A-Rod. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. After game two, one of the big focuses has been on Aaron Judge batting leadoff. He's obviously struggled so far. 0 for 8, 7 strikeouts. The, in, uh, the um, Almost did it again. The Guardians have certainly pitched him well, have attacked him well, and he has gotten himself out sometimes. They've gotten him out some, sometimes as well. So after game two, Yankees score two runs, have four hits after the first inning. Alex Rodriguez had this to say, this to say about Aaron Judge batting leadoff. Yankees have all the pressure on them. The Guardians have zero pressure. They have the lowest payroll. They have the youngest team. They have a great manager in Tito Francona. And now they're going to Cleveland saying, guess what? 1-1. Anything can happen. As far as Aaron Judge, this is gimmicky baseball. You cannot let your best player, your best hitter, hitting first. Babe Ruth didn't do it. Uh, Barry Bonds didn't do it. Frank didn't do it. This guy didn't do it. I didn't do it. It doesn't exist. The reason why is you want to protect, like you play chess. It's like the queen of the chessboard. You want to put the best two hitters in front and the best two hitters behind and protect. The Yankees are putting the worst two hitters, the eighth and ninth hitter. It puts an enormous amount of pressure. You want him to come up in that first at bat and be very relaxed, see 12 or 14 pitches like I used to do with Jeter and Mm -hmm. Damon and Teixeira, and maybe pop a three-run homer. It's ridiculous that this guy's hitting leadoff, and it's a mistake. I don't know who's doing it, Boone or Cashman, but somebody has to change that immediately. Okay, so those are the comments that has gotten everybody. And look, great job by A-Rod by coming up with something that really has nothing to do with anything and making some content out of it, right? We've all been talking about it, and, and there's certainly an audience for it. There's a lot of people that agree that, no, you shouldn't be batting leadoff. He's your best hitter. He should be hitting third. He should be hitting down in the order. He should be hitting cleanup. It feels like with Judge, it started that he should be hitting cleanup, and then it went to, over the years, he should be hitting third because he's been hitting second, and now that he's hitting first, oh, he, he should at least be hitting second. Well, here, here's the problem. And anybody who, like, again, would look at evidence, if you don't want Aaron Judge hitting leadoff, who should? Who would you like to hit leadoff? Because if you're saying that he can't do it, well, you're going to have somebody hit leadoff, right? So I would just say, who would you like to have hitting leadoff, right? Like, you can't say that it's a problem unless you have a solution. Okay, so what's the solution? Who should hit leadoff? Would you like Glaber Torres? to hit leadoff. Is that the person you would like to hit leadoff? I'm serious. Like, who do you want on the Yankees that's currently healthy and available to hit leadoff? Glaber Torres had an on-base percentage of 310 this year. He had 35 walks the entire season. He's not exactly an on-base machine. Now, I would think of all the Yankees who are healthy, you'd have to think that he would be one that at least would be up for nominate, I guess. He's not a speed guy. He's not an on-base guy. He, I mean, he's a, he, he hits some home runs. He'll hit some doubles. But, yeah, he's not exactly the prototypical leadoff hit. Like, who else would you suggest? Anthony Rizzo has a high on-base percentage. 
but you, I'm, aren't you kind of running into the same problems as you would with Judge, right? Like, he's more of a power guy. You want him down. You want him protecting Judge. Harrison Bader? Well, if you're, if you're suggesting it's Harrison Bader, Harrison Bader's hitting ninth. So essentially, you know, after the first inning, he's the guy who is hitting in front of Judge. Cabrera has looked completely, I mean, seriously, who would you like to hit leadoff? If you're saying Judge can't, who should? Because when LeMahieu was, when DJ LeMahieu was healthy, he would be the leadoff hitter and Judge would hit second. And a lot of people complain, oh, I judge, judge hit in second. But LeMahieu is a, a legitimate on-base guy. He can, you know, 350 on base. And if you take a look at what the numbers actually are when Judge hits leadoff, that is actually his best spot in the order. That's where he is his most productive. And that's what you have your best hitter. He's your best hitter. He's your best speed guy. He's your best first to third guy. He's your best on base guy. He's your best power. He's your, he's your best everything. So again, if you had some other options where, yeah, you could move him to two, okay, fine. You don't have that. If LeMahieu were healthy or, um, uh, you know, one of the guys that was available, uh, Andrew Benatendi was available, okay, fine. Not available. Who do you want? There's not, not that many great options. And if you take a look at what judges' numbers are hitting leadoff this year, they're pretty awesome. He's hitting 366 with an on-base percentage of 431 and a slugging of 740. His OPS is over 1,200. Batting second, not as good. 294, 406, 680. Still good, but not as good as leadoff. And A-Rod's thing about, well, you know, Damon and Jeter and Teixeira, are any of those guys available? What, what are they doing this weekend? What, what time can they get here? It would be all well and good if any of these comments that A-Rod had were based in reality. Oh, well, you, it's like protecting the queen and you get your two best hitters. They don't have that many great hitters. Like, again, you want Jose Trevino hit? Like, who do you want hitting leadoff? In a perfect world, yes, a reincarnation of, of Ricky Henderson's career would be great at the top of the order. The Yankees don't have that option. A healthy DJ LeMayu would be fantastic at the top of the order. They don't have that. This is what they got. And when they went through that slump of not scoring runs and losing every single day, and DJ LeMayu clearly was not, you know, 100%, they moved Judge to the leadoff spot. It helped spur the offense some. And it's the, be- it's, the be- it's the cleanest dirty shirt. It's the best of a lot of bad options. That's the story. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think sometimes A-Rod says things that he thinks that diehard baseball, like boomers, will agree with, whether or not he believes in them or not. I mean, the amount of time that he has spent in, in talking about bunting and moving the runner, you would think that A-Rod, like, led the league in bunts. So I don't even know if he actually believes that or not. But the evidence all points to it not being true. Uh, this gimmicky, you know, because all the things that he's saying about Judge batting leadoff have all been said before about Judge hitting second. And there's a ton of great hitters, you know, who all hit second in their order. And if, if there had been a better option hitting leadoff, I'm sure Judge would still be hitting second. But there's not. All right, back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Spike is back with us. Spike is out of the bunker. Hopefully he's paid the phone bill. Spike, what's going on, my friend? I only did one of the two. Well, listen, I, you know, I, listen, I want to get to my point because you just, this is my mind, too. You're so glib and you changed my thought process. 
Avar's like a paid uh, infomercial guy almost. Uh, you know, it just bothered me, but I shouldn't get bothered by stuff like that. So here we go. Here we go. I think Severino's the right guy. And I made this point yesterday to someone. The Indians, I can't get over it. The Guardians, I'm sorry, play ball like the teams I grew up with watching in the late 50s, 60s, and 70s. Because of what, Gordon? Because of what? Because they got two guys that can hit the ball out of the yard. 58% of, up to my latest figures, of the runs scored in the last five years in the playoffs. How do you think they scored? Home runs? Thank you. Then you want, to, you want to take the money now or get another question? I That's mean, what it, I'm saying. You know, like, I, I get that people, like, in this day and age and not just in sports, it's like you form your opinion and then you find the evidence that can back it up later. But, like, the evidence is right there. And if we're all sitting I, and watching these games, you would think that, like, eventually the evidence would, like, kind of get to you. I think so, too. One, one quick comment, and I, just, I, I like to make you laugh. It makes me feel good anyway. So I'm flipping around like we all do, and I put the Nick preseason game on because the Wizards are there, and I said, ah, this is for Gordon. I got to see Porzingis. I got to see Porzingis. No, I wasn't there. We've had a running joke for four years, yeah? and it goes, uh, Porzingis, he fell on his ankle. He's out. Is there ever a guy that you got so much was so highly overrated? He's a pretty good player. He really is pretty yeah, good Yeah, he has talent. There's no question. There's no question. Well, I mean, stay. absolutely. But, yeah, it just he never seems like it's – He can't stay on the court. He no. can't stay on the court. So I'm hoping tonight we all enjoy Severina. And you're so right, Gordon. I've called so much out of it listening to this conversation in two, two parts. You know, if Philadelphia wins, it all crops you. The playoffs is a different absolutely. season. So yeah, enjoy the game. Yeah, absolutely. You, you too, Spike. Yeah, I mean, there's no – look, now look – Am I saying that the Yankees couldn't have put together a better play? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. They absolutely could have put together a better, you know, and I yelled and screamed about it at the trade deadline, um, about this is the year to go all in, this is the year to, you know, to put all the chips in the center of the table, uh, and that's not what they did. And unfortunately, a lot of the pieces that they added at the trade deadline, even though I wasn't fans of them, uh, they would be better if they had been healthy. That would be great, and that's, uh, that's bad luck there as well. But, um, uh, I mean, what you see from the baseball playoffs, especially when you add another layer to it with another, you know, more playoff teams and and extra playoff games, is that it now plays the small sample size, and baseball is not really built for the small sample size. It's not not football, right? It's it's about, you know, the long haul. And it used to be that, you know, the, the real struggle was to get through the regular season. Now it's not – you can build your team to get through the regular season, get into the playoffs if you spend some money, and you make smart moves, and then you hope that you strike it right. But there's nobody anywhere that would have said before the playoffs started, you know the teams that I think in the National League have a real good chance of getting to the NLCS? Padres, Phillies. And at least as the way things are, are pointing right now, it certainly seems like that's a, a real good possibility. So it, it's a complete crapshoot. Uh, there's no foolproof plan where you can say, okay, this is the way you absolutely, and you'll have 100% success. Because again, who would you say are the most successful teams over the last, you know, five, seven years? Dodgers, Astros. Dodgers have one World Series title in 35 years and did so in a pandemic-shortened 60-game season. Uh, And the Astros, they did it when they were cheating. And the only time they did it when they were cheating. So it's not exactly a great, you know, a lot of pelts on the wall there. Jimmy is in the Bronx. Jimmy, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, how you doing, Gordon? Hey, Jimmy. 
Yeah, man. Um, I, 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 I want to address the issue about Judge leading off. I really think uh, they should take a shot where Ikea uh, for the uh, – I can't pronounce his name. Short Isaiah Kiner Falefa, IKF. Isaiah, Isaiah. Yeah, okay. IKF. I really, I really think he should. They should give him a shot. He's a high, like he's a high contact hitter. He makes a lot of contact. He does make a lot of contact. Yeah. Go with Rizzo I mean, hitting he's, he's not exactly an offensive player, though. I mean, the reason he's no, there he is, is because he's a defensive play. He's supposed, well, he's supposed to be a defensive, you know, star. He's not really, but you know, he, he's a he's guy who's hit two sixty one this year. But he's put the ball in. He puts the ball in play a lot, you know. Uh, yeah, but I, he I doesn't get. He doesn't get on base. Right. It's not about putting the ball in play. It's about getting on base. When you're when you're yeah. batting leadoff, it's about getting on base first. Like the idea of putting someone else leadoff would be, hey, I want somebody on base for when Judge comes up and then he hits a two-run home run as opposed to solo home run, right? Yeah, but right now Judge is 0 for seven. Well, 0 for eight. You right. Know? Well, so that's the bigger problem, the right? He can he can bat wherever. If he's 0 for eight, it, it's it's it's, it's all for naught. Exactly. You know, and I'm going to tell you something else. That kid Cabrera against McKenzie, McKenzie's a fastball pitcher. He likes, to, he likes to, uh, a lot of fastball. That, kid, that kid's going to have a big game tonight. Watch. Big well, I mean, tonight. Jimmy, I mean, I, that's not really going out on a limb. Thank you, Jimmy, for the phone call. I mean, with the way the Yankees offense, you know, the Yankees offense, the Yankees bats are right now, it seems like just about anybody can have a big night. You know, they bring in, wow, this guy looks amazing. That guy looks amazing. At some point after years and years and years, it's not just, you know, like you tip your cap to the other team. Certainly, the Indians do have very good pitching. They have an excellent bullpen. But at some point, you have to be able to score some runs. And if the umpire had simply called ball four, ball four yesterday to Stanton, maybe the Yankees don't score any runs. I mean, you know, I don't know how the, Indian, how the inning would have played out differently. But at some point, it's on you to score some runs. Yankees can alleviate a lot of the silly criticisms that they've gotten here in the last 24 hours if they simply can go out and perform as expected. Because even with the injuries, even with the lack of hitting, even with all the issues in the lineup, and they are still a more talented team than the Cleveland Indians. So go out there tonight, get a win, and things will feel a whole lot differently tomorrow. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Obviously, Yankees and Guardians tonight. Big game three. We'll see if uh, the Yankees' bats will ever show up. We'll see if uh, Luis Severino can give you a decent performance tonight. It's funny because, um, you know, look, anytime the Yankees lose at this point, Aaron Boone is going to be um, someone who is going to uh, get a share of the criticism and, uh, you know, for, for game two, uh, if that's your go-to, well, that's what it is, right? It's a go-to, right? Like you've already set in your mind that you're going to criticize Aaron Boone because, you know, you just like him or the team hasn't been successful enough with or whatever. Uh, there, was, there was no real move that I would say overall. That's not why the Yankees lost the game, right? The, the reason why is that they're not scoring runs. The offense is struggling. And after the first inning, had four hits. The one move, though, that I did think was puzzling, and in, in, in thinking back to the game yesterday, and again, it's not the end of the world because there are no great options, but the fact in the 10th inning he has Tim LaCastro lead off that inning rather than go to, uh, I would think, Aaron Hicks in that spot, hoping to kind of work out a walk, you know, not that, uh, you know... <laughs> The fact that here I am on the radio saying that, yeah, we should have went to Aaron Hicks. No, but 
Tim LaCastro, in his time with the Yankees, has always kind of been a pinch runner. He's not been a hitter. And not that Aaron Hicks is a great hitter, but he does have the ability to get on base. And after the game, uh, Boone's explanation to me did not make a whole lot of sense because he said, A, uh, Class A doesn't walk people. Well, he just walked Donaldson right after that. Uh, and, 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 like, even if he doesn't walk a lot of people, Hicks is good. I mean, that's, that's the one skill that he still kind of has is to be able to work out a walk. Uh, so I would think that he's certainly a better offensive option at that point than Tim LaCastro, who, again, has been a pinch runner his entire, and maybe a defensive replacement, certainly not an offensive player. Uh, and then he said, well, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I, I looked at the move as a wash because, and I didn't want to burn another player, burn another player. It's the 10th inning. <laughs> You're down two runs. You know, the options, the game is almost over. What are you worried about burning another player at that point uh, when, it, it might give you a slight better advantage than what you have right now. So that one didn't make sense. But again, for all the criticism of, of bringing Tyone in in the spot they did or um, pinch inning for, for, for Carpenter when they did, those moves are, 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 are taking out Stanton when he did for the pinch runner to try to get over. You're, t- you're trying to take your shot. You're trying, you know, you can't just base it on, and it feels like a lot of people are just basing it on the results. It's all based on the results. If, if the results work, well, then I like the move. And if the results don't work, well, obviously it, it, you should have known that it was not going to work. That's not the way it works. You have, to, you have to judge it by based on whether or not it makes sense at the time. And the moves that Boone made in the game yesterday, there's not really one that uh, I would say <clears throat> outside of the one with um, not t- pinch hitting for Tim LaCastro to me that did not make uh, a whole lot of sense. That one, I, I would agree. But that's, again, not the reason why you lost the game. The reason why, and it's been well documented here, is that you do not score runs, and you got to take your shots when you have your shots, and the Yankees did not have a whole lot of shots yesterday. You know? 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position and leaving 11 men on base. It was not, uh, not one for the history books, and hopefully it better, be, it better be different tonight. If it's not, well, then we know how this is going to go. And uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long off season with a lot of questions, much like the Mets, right? A lot of questions for them, a lot of questions for the Yankees. But if they win tonight, and the fact that it's been so doom and gloom here the last twenty four hours, that at least gives me a little bit of hope, because when things are good, it's like you know they'll never lose, and then when they lose, they they're the worst. They're they're absolute gar. Every single solitary thing is the worst. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.